Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kuninagel podcast series, Shipping Insights. I'm your host, Sarah Vollmer, Vice President of Global Sea Logistics Customer Engagement and Events at Kuninagel. You and I are about to embark on an exciting journey through the world of sea freight. I've been fortunate enough to have a front row seat to this industry's ups and downs over the past two decades. Now it's my pleasure to bring to you the latest developments, innovations, and solutions in this dynamic industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just curious about logistics, get ready for enlightening conversations and expert insights in our latest episode. Let's dive into the fascinating world of sea freight together and welcome our latest guest. On today's episode, we're talking about Africa. Did you know Umbatu means together? Bet you didn't. Africa is an emerging market, and my very special guest here today with me is John Costigan, Senior Vice President of Sea Logistics for the Middle East and Africa. John, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I know this is a bit of a, a daunting task for, for many folks, so I hope I hope it won't put you through too much pain today. So, as I mentioned, we're talking about Africa, right, as a whole. And the African continent is becoming increasingly important in the logistics world. And we think that our listeners want to hear more about this, right? I think we often become laser focused on Asia Pacific, China, Southeast Asia, Vietnam, etc. And we really haven't been talking a whole lot about some of these other regions. And there's a lot to there's a lot to know about Africa. I think there's a lot of opportunities that are out there. And I think we just want to get a little bit more information out there about what the market is, what it's like, and also a little bit about what Kudinagel is doing to drive these opportunities uh, within the region. Sure. Well, I suppose it's a big, big question. Uh, what is it like? I think one of the, the most important things from my perspective as I came to the role two years ago was really how immense the continent is. And uh, again, unfortunately, I had a perception that it was a country. So you have this mindset, it's just one country, where in reality, it's 54 countries. Yeah. And each country is super diverse, yeah, super different to each other, a lot of different requirements. I think that really opened my eyes up to the opportunity that was there. Yeah, we weren't particularly ingrained so well on a local perspective in many of these countries. We had a huge range of expertise, really within the business, but we never really leveraged or brought that together. So from an opportunity perspective, I think uh, outside of just the Kuninagel world, there's really uh, a large volume that's there. There's a large piece of business that is, I wouldn't say untouched, but has really mm -hmm. not got a firm structure that would have existed elsewhere in the world. Okay. I think the opportunity for us as Kuninagel is to help provide some of that structure, not physical assets, because I'm not an asset owner, but we can really bring our expertise, we can bring really being our systems, our processes, our compliance management to, to the fore. Okay. The opportunity for us is, is really in that space. Okay, interesting. So I think, but you know, I, I detect I, I, an Irish accent for sure. for sure, right? So tell us a little bit. How did you get to, you know, the region in the first place? Well, that's. Uh, I spent most of my time in Europe. Obviously, my Irish uh, by origin. Um, most of my time in Cunanagla has, has been in Ireland, um, and then after a while, I got the opportunity to move to Australia. So okay. I transitioned to Australia for four years. And then the opportunity arose to come back somewhere in the middle. Um, and obviously, Middle East and Africa being an ideal opportunity was perfect for me. Um, I think for since I was a kid, I had this extreme interest in Africa. 
Okay. Um, so the role was really a perfect fit for me. I was always intrigued about it. Unfortunately, from, from the Ethiopia famine days is when it was so prevalent right. and everybody became aware of it. And that's when I was really super interested in the, in the continent and everything it has to offer. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I figured our listeners, you know, might might be wondering about your accent and, and how that plays into things. So I wanted to make sure we, we cleared that up for them. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, what makes the African market particularly special, in your opinion? I suppose it's special in many fronts. It's um, from a diverse perspective. Again, it's each country is very, very specific. Um, there's large opportunity in terms of customers, in terms of volume. Um, and it's growing rapidly. I think the most important points that we could see is when we start really drilling into the details of the content as part of our plan. So we've seen that there's GDP growth. You know, GDP growth pre-pandemic mm-hmm. was above 5% on average for many of the countries. Okay. Really, really outstripping many of the other regions. Right. The population growth and the demographic is also incredible. Yeah. So we see a population growth um, up until 2030, potentially up to 1.1, 1.4 billion people. By wow. 2050, up to 2.1 billion people, depending okay. on the estimates you look at. And irrespective of the number, it's just phenomenal, the growth. Half of that population will be below the age of 25. Um, so we see huge growing population, we strong GDP growth, and then that's also supported with a lot of interest from our customers. Our customers, in our, particularly in our corporate account customers, are constantly challenging us of what can we offer for Africa because okay. they also see the opportunities. So I think it's not just a, it's a Kuna Nagel thing. I think the world is now starting to open up. See Africa as an opportunity and, and the next thing effectively. Of course, not now, but into the future. Right, right. Absolutely. So, you know, my knowledge in, in my dealing with customers as well has really been about, you know, mining as an example in, in Africa. Um, and I think that's, you know, probably what a lot of people are familiar with. But what are some of the other, you know, you just mentioned, you know, some of our, our key account customers and whatnot that are talking about Africa. What are some of the commodities or, or some of the products that, or industries as, as an example, that are looking to, you know, a diverse into the African market? So we see, of course, uh, Africa on an export has traditionally been commoditized. So you mm-hmm. see a lot of cocoa, you see a lot of timber uh, movements uh, from Africa. However, it's definitely evolving. So Ethiopia, as a good example, has developed textile uh, export industry and dedicated uh, centralized uh, production areas where they just specify on, on textiles. Okay. They've also done a, a free trade agreements with the USA. So there's, that's evolving quite rapidly from an export perspective. But import is where we see probably the larger change. Yeah, We see large engagement from our automotive industry. Okay. We're looking to expand in, onto that content. We see a large expansion in our consumer customers, which traditionally would have been smaller, but really now looking to grow quite extensively. And that's all because of the developing middle class mm-hmm. that's uh, evolving on the continent. I mean, it, really interesting. I was back in uh, Nairobi in November, okay. and I was really amazed to see Nairobi as a city. It's a city of, uh, including the suburbs of 10 million people. I mean, I really never had a, any uh, inclination that it was that type of size or that type of a market. Right. And in certain aspects, completely contrary to what my perception was Okay. Uh, as, as a city. So I think it's really interesting to see the middle class growth there. And of course, that will drive consumer behavior. Right. So you mentioned the perception, right? How, how, how do we change some of the perceptions, right? I mean, what are, what are, what are you doing? What can others be doing to, to actually kind of have that similar experience that you just did in Nairobi? I think uh, from my personal perspective it's really about sharing the message so we do constant presentations on the on the continent really mm-hmm. internally within Kunanago uh, 
we also have a limited knowledge in some regions about the African continent. And it's really about sharing the message, exploring and providing clarity around what we can do in each country, what the, what is in each country. Right. Um, I think it's really about driving that message to our, our colleagues um, and also sharing with our customers. Our customers are also seeking information and seeking knowledge in these countries and, and what we've put together in our region will facilitate that. Okay. So you, we, we start talking about a little bit, you know, what what is Cunadagal in Africa? You know, where are we within Africa? And how can we how can we help build some of this perception um, that's our not build, but really change some of the perception that's out there. Like, what are what are we doing on a, on a more localized basis? So probably a good, good place to start would be a historical context on the continent. So sure. we've actually been on the continent for a long time, you know, seven decades, 19, uh, I think it was 1954 was our first office okay. set up in Joburg. Um, and then part of this project was really interesting for me is that I managed to bring through relevant business units within Kuna and Agile, our project logistics team, or mm-hmm. our emergency relief team, which have been have huge expertise right. in the market. Yep. You know, we've been on the ground actually for a long, long time. So talk to me. So we talked a little bit about, you know, I guess the commodities or the industries, right, that are going in. But what what are some of the other challenges? Or better yet, let's rephrase it, opportunities that are out there for the African market, right? So what infrastructure, compliance, do you want to talk to our listeners a little bit about that? And I how we the, navigate those waters. Yeah, the two key sort of challenges that we've seen is so what, what did we really want to provide for our customers and what were the, the gaps that we, we really wanted to talk to? And one was visibility. Okay. Yeah, so a big challenge that our customers were constantly talking to us about visibility. Um, unfortunately, due to the physical infrastructures and the lack of EDI and the lack of connectivity for certain of the countries, it's a really big gap. So mm-hmm. if it's an airline or sea, sea freight carrier, there's a real challenge in getting the accurate information of where is that container, where is that shipment. Okay. And I think that was the one first key point that we wanted to try and address. And uh, the, the answer to that is really through our Africa control tower. So there are team in Durban constantly working on our operating systems, constantly updating operating systems, being fed by each of the satellite, let's call it the customer care locations based in each country. The second really key component that we also wanted to address was the compliance piece. And I think that's perceptually a lot of the challenges that come with, with Africa. And really, I pose internally within the business initially, but okay, we, we deal in certain other countries that would also have a compliance challenge. And and how do we address those sure, challenges? Absolutely. In Central America, for mm-hmm. example, or in Asia, we also have some challenges. And literally, what we wanted to do as part of the strategy was to take what we have as coming out take our very strong compliance and our very strong ethical um, measures that we have and replicate that, whether it's in Kuna Nagel office or it's a partner office, into those stations. Okay. So it's really part of our solution is that we would support the development in Africa using our systems and processes, as I talked about earlier on, and to be able to show us best practice what we have in other countries and take that to each of these countries in Africa. And that's part of the key solution. So visibility and a very strong compliant offering is what we're trying to resolve. Okay. All right. Two, you know, very easy things to do, right? Yeah, very simple. <laughs> so, you know, with that, and, you know, you mentioned partners and, you know, we, we're definitely as a company as a whole, right? We're, we're very much proud of the fact that we've got wholly owned offices around the world. So why would we use 
partners in, in certain countries in Africa? Again, it's a very good question and something that we debated at length internally. Uh, and what we felt was for, for several in several instances, we had put up our own name above the door and we started a own operation. Mm-hmm. But we really needed local experts. Yeah, so this is what we believe is a hybrid model, which have the local experts in, in the relevant market. Generally, asset owners, so they mm-hmm. would generally have uh, haulage companies or they generally have warehousing facilities. Right. And then we would bring the systems, processes, and the control tower, TMS, and Kuna network to the table. So we believe the hybrid model is the best model for us for the, the short to medium term. Ultimately, into the future, yes, we would potentially look to expand our own offices uh, okay. on site. However, initially, we feel the best opportunity for our customers and for ourselves is to have true hybrid model. Okay. Interesting. So... I'm, I'm pretend I'm, you know, I'm a listener. Of course I listen to my own podcasts. How could I not? Um, you know, but I'm sitting here and I'm saying, wow, I, I, I want to know more. Like how, how do I, how do I get into this market? How do I import, export, whatever it might be? What advice do you have for, for, for the world listening to this right now about navigating the, the, the African market? Well, as a customer, if I put my customer yes, exactly. Hat Let's on, put our customer hat yes, on. Yes, I put my customer hat on. I think the important thing was to, to really focus in on the relevant markets that you would you would really like to, to you know, drive into. And um, of course, like everything, not do everything all at once. Okay. Maybe select a couple of key core markets. That's kind of what we did as as a business. We started in two phases. We started off with I would say that some of the larger countries where the bigger critical mass was, and then we set those uh, offices up. And then we moved to phase two, which was the smaller countries. So I guess to focus in on certain key areas that you believe will you have the best chance of success, build upon that and then expand further once you've done that. Um, I think also selecting the right partners, that's mm-hmm. also, to be honest with you, uh, is, I, I think is a key to success. We went through 18 months of a process to get to here. Yeah, it's been right. a long process where we've had many, many engagements. We've had feet on the ground meetings with these people. Um, and of course, the, the compliance piece is a big piece. You need to make sure that you do the proper due diligence, the proper people. We, we do our external uh, verif- vetting and verification okay. um, for all of our suppliers. So it's not just a Kuna Nagel sense check. We also have somebody externally um, vetting all of our partners. I think that's the, the two important things. Be careful right. about which markets you go into. Yep. And then also make sure you partner with the right people. All right. Brilliant. Thanks for that. What have we not covered, John? What is there? What's next? Do you want to share any secrets with us? You know, what's on the horizon for, for Kudanagal Africa? I don't want to get you in trouble, yeah. but you know, I'm going to ask some of these questions. Yeah, I think for us, where we would see is what a division that we'd kind of have, where we would be or where we'd like to get is that we would have, if I could look back in, I don't know, five years, 10 or 10 years time, I'd say, okay, we, we, we've been able to support our customers with, with an expanded growth on the continent mm-hmm. in, a, in a good, compliant, ethical fashion. Um, and that's kind of from the customer viewpoint. For us, uh, as a business, I think it's also important that we give back. It's really important that we share our best practices and help mm-hmm. build up the African continent. We help share with our partners, okay, how do we do this? How do we procure? Um, what type of process works best? How to make something lean and efficient? Um, and also support them with regard to certain infrastructural requirements. Where it be. Again, I, t- I talk from a, a perspective of systems and process, again, mm-hmm. not massive-based. Um, but it's really important that we help and build up that structure on the continent. So I think those will be the successes if we can help our, our customers establish themselves on the continent, help manufacturers from Africa get to the Kunanaga world, and then really importantly help build up, um, be it an own office or be it a, a partner office, um, their setup on the continent. Okay. 
Well, thank you for, for sharing some of your, your future here with us. We appreciate that. So with that, I'd like to thank John Costigan for, for joining me on our podcast today. We're talk, we've been talking about Africa, what's going on, and more importantly, where are we going with that? It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, everybody. So please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and stay tuned for another episode of Kudinagel's Shipping Insights, Sea Freight News, and Supply Chain Solutions. Till next time, everyone. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.